What's up, everyone? Kevin Wagstaff here, one of the owners and founders of Spectora, with another episode of Spectora Spotlight. This week, we have Brandon Paternoster. He is the director of franchise development for House Call USA. And we actually did this interview about two months ago, but we couldn't release it until now because we actually rolled out our partnership with them as their software um, of their franchise. So really exciting for us, um, really exciting for them. We're excited to be working with them, especially because it can give them an edge in the franchise world. So um, excuse my voice, I'm actually recording this intro um, in current time. Uh, the interview is a couple months ago, as I said. But great stuff in here uh, for any guys that are thinking about either going with a franchise um, or just weighing that decision point between going at it alone versus buying into a franchise. So uh, Brandon's a great guy. We had a ton of fun in Nashville at their conference hanging out, um, and we are really excited. So hope you enjoyed the interview with Brandon. Well, cool, uh, man. How's everything? All right. How's everything been going just in general with you and, and the business? And how's the year starting? Hectic. Uh, <laughs> I think if I had to describe how things have been going, hectic would be the best, uh, the best way to put that. You know, not only do I have this role with corporate, I also own a franchise. So um, just dealing with that, our franchise is young in Detroit. So um, and my wife is phenomenal. So we, we are busy. And we're not, we weren't prepared to be this busy. So (laughs) it's been a balancing act to, uh, to say the least. So do you split time then from in Detroit and New Orleans? Do you kind of shoot back and forth between the two? So my role is ever changing because it's new to the company and we kind of just figure it out as we go. But, Mm -hmm. um, I typically travel from April to November ish, maybe October. Uh, and, I, I end up in New Orleans about every six weeks, but I do that because we have so many franchises there. Right. It just so happens that that's where corporate is based. So, um, so I spend a lot of time, you know, everywhere in all 11 states, but it just Louisiana ten, tends to be where I spend most of my time because we have so much there. And then during the winter months, you know, we, we rely heavily on um, Skype. Uh, for business, that kind of stuff uh, to communicate. And they keep me pretty grounded during the winter. Uh, you know, travel during the winter is just not friendly when you live in a climate with snow. So, right. um, and then, and then my, so I don't, I haven't done an actual home inspection in probably a year. Um, <laughs> maybe a little less than that. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, I own the best home inspection company in the world because yeah. uh, I don't have to do home inspections. Um, but my, my job, I tell you what, more and more it's becoming apparent that my job is to motivate my wife. Um, Jamie is our lead inspector. Mm-hmm. We, have a, we have an employee that works for us. Uh, his name's Kevin also. But um, Jamie's kind of like the face of the business. And, you know, her, she never wanted to own a business. She was fine being an employee the rest of her life. It was my dream to own the business. And then I started to own it. And I was like, well, why don't you just run it? And you know, I'm not really going to do anything. Yeah. Um, so my, my job more and more is, is to support Jamie and to work through just the day-to-day owning a business qualms that come. So, um, you know, it's, it's been great with the travel because I still have 20 minutes at night, you know, to talk to my wife and, uh, I can accomplish so much, you know, if I can keep Jamie motivated, um, you know, she's just going to take over the world. So yeah, it's been a good balance. Very nice. So where do you actually live? Where do you, where do you, like, so we, we live in a suburb of Detroit. Okay. Um, 
I was born and raised here, um, but we left in, I think, 05 is when we left the Detroit area um, and, you know, never really had intention of, of coming back when I left. And then as the revitalize, like as it started to revitalize and just change as a city, it was something to what we experienced when we moved to New Orleans after Katrina. And, and then I had this entrepreneurial spirit, right? And I was like, I can go back and I can help. And I did it and I ran and I, you know, I didn't mean to run, but I need to go back. So it's just, I've had this drive to come back to Detroit and do something here. And I never knew what it was going to look like until I found house call. Yeah. And I saw a documentary on Detroit uh, maybe a year or two ago that just showed all these businesses and all this entrepreneurship flooding into the city uh, because mm-hmm. the city obviously wanted to plan or wanted to kind of spur business and spur growth. So, um, you know, they're selling houses for a dollar and like all this, you know, good office space, good tax benefits. And so the city's probably been been booming in a sense. You know, it, it's in the city itself is it is just so much different. I will never forget the first time I drove down Woodward uh, right after we, we moved back. And I, I, if if I wouldn't have known I was in Detroit, I would not have known what city I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, from the time I left to the time I came back. Now, granted, it was 13, 14 years. Um, it, it's just phenomenal. Like there's an Under Armour and a Nike outlet store downtown Detroit. Like that would have never even been something that someone like even had the gall to say when I left Detroit. Right. Um, and this was before I, you know, keep in mind, I left before the, the economy collapsed. I left Detroit before everybody else left Detroit. Um, <laughs> so to see it where it is now is just insane. Um, I saw home, home values in the city go from, like you said, a dollar a home. Um, I did some research on the city itself in about March of last year and homes were about the, like the 10 to 15,000 range. Um, and by, by July, they were up north of 20 to 30. I mean, wow. it just doubled. Um, so yeah, D- Detroit's on fire. Uh, Chrysler just announced that they're going to build a plant back in the city. Um, you know, it's going to de- it's going to take Detroit is massive. And I don't think that like when people talk about Detroit, they tend to forget how big it is. Like Manhattan was able to, con- you know, completely uh, reshape its identity and that was that like the late 80s early 90s but mm-hmm. it's like seven square mi- it's like seven miles or something like that you know right. detroit's 164 i think square miles so the uh, we have a space issue in, D- in detroit and it's just going to take a minute for the gentrification to happen and spread out but um i tell you what man the passion is here if you don't say nice things about detroit uh, you better run real quick because someone's coming after you. Um, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, D- Detroit's where it's at, and especially when it comes to real estate. There are investors from uh, con- foreign countries all over just pouring all kinds of money into the city right now. And the city is helping. Um, like, the, you know, from the city government is making it easier. Um, they're holding people accountable, which is something they're not used to doing. And uh, it's just attracted, you know, a business owners that want to – you know, that, that are going to run a quality business are going to care about making sure that they have the right permit filed with the city. And um, we're pushing a lot of bad businesses out because they don't want to spend the money or they try to skirt the city and the city's just not playing anymore. And that's, that's been a huge benefit, um, especially when it comes to the, the residential housing market. That's great. So you're getting true it's, investment, it's true people that want to be there, true people that want to make things better. 100%. Yep. You hit the nail on the head. 
man, that's like buying a stock at a dollar and it going to 30. It's like how many, you know, how many shares can you buy, you know, at a dollar, how many yep. people bought up just blocks? I bet. Yeah. I I've done some consulting for an investor, a turnkey investor. And my joke is that when I win the lottery, uh, you know, my first phone call is to uh, an attorney and a financial planner. My my second call is is to him, and I'm just going to give him like half of it and say, "Make me a billionaire." <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to be the first lottery winner winner to be a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so let's talk house call. So um, yeah, how long have you had, or what is your role with them, and how long have you kind of been in this newly defined role with house okay. call corporate? Yeah. So my, um, my technical title is I am the director of franchise development. And, uh, what that, what that really means is I am in charge of, um, helping our franchisees, whether they're brand new, um, or whether they've been around for 10 years, Mm -hmm. develop their business to the point that they want it to go. We, of course, you know, from a corporate level, we have some goals that we want to get a hit, but we're, we're really focused on what kind of company do you want to own and we'll help you do that. So if you want to be a one man show, we'll let you be a one man show. If you want to be a 20 guy show, we'll help you get there. And it's my job to kind of help facilitate that process. Um, I've been in this role since uh, June 1st of this past year. And it was a, it was a role that was created out of, out of some growing pains and uh, you know, the CEO um, and our CFO are partners. And they basically said, you know, we can't possibly, get to everybody any, anymore. And I was unique because, um, so I'm actually on my third franchise with, with house call and I've, I've, I've sold, um, another territory and then it, we're a husband and wife team. So I can travel and it doesn't hurt my local business. I can walk away from my business and it doesn't hurt it. So I was, I was the go-to person. And, um, before I knew it, I had a job offer and, uh, and here I am. So that's where I am with corporate. And then as an owner, um, my wife was actually hired as an employee and uh, she worked for, for four years for one of our first franchise owners down in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of just threw her to the wolves and was like, go be a home inspector. So she kind of <laughs> developed that territory all on her own. And uh, she had a, she did a great job with it. And, um, and then we bought South Bend, Indiana. Um, and we uh, developed that territory. And then, um, we realized South Bend was a little bit too small for us. We wanted, we wanted a bigger city, not only in business, but just for the things that it provides. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like I said earlier, you know, Detroit is my home. I wanted to come back and, and, and help where I could. So we jumped on the bandwagon and we bought Detroit and, uh, then also Grand Rapids, Michigan is the second largest city in Michigan. And we bought the rights to that at this, on the same day as buying Detroit. Um, and since then we've sold, um, we sold South Bend. Um, we're kind of putting Grand Rapids on the back burner because there's so much potential in Detroit. I don't think I'll ever be able to hit maximum capacity in my lifetime in the city of Detroit. So, so that's where we're at as owners and as uh, an employee for corporate. Very cool. Um, a lot of Mike and I's extended family is in Grand Rapids. So that's really cool to hear. We've been to Michigan. Oh, sweet. Yeah, we've been to Michigan, been to Traverse City plenty of times, been to Grand Rapids plenty okay. of times. Uh, so yeah, we're somewhat Michiganites. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Small world, man. Everybody, I feel like Michigan's like six degrees of separation. Someone knows someone from Michigan or, you know what I mean? Like it just, it's never really hard for me to talk about Michigan without finding somebody that knows something. 
and everyone's, I always like people I meet from Michigan. It's, I, there's only a couple states where I can say like 100% of people I've met are just genuinely nice people and Michigan's one of them. Yeah, well, we're, we're the brunt of a lot of memes. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's Michigan and Minnesota. I've never met a Minnesotan that wasn't just really nice either. Yeah, I, I, I'm a, I agree with that, actually. <laughs> um, can you speak on a bit, I, th- I find it very fascinating that you are a, you, you sell franchises for House Call, but you're a consumer of them as well. So like, you're, you know, the whole... Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if anyone, I'm dating myself here, but saying like the hair club for men's thing when they used to say, I'm not only right. an owner, I'm a client or something. You remember those? Right, right. Yes, I do. <laughs> wow. I haven't heard that in years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm almost ashamed. Yeah, I just could bust that out on demand. But. Well, and I'm bald. I mean, I, I could be one of those guys on, on the hair club. So, <laughs> but yeah, speak a little about the dynamic of being able to say like, yeah, I, I use the brand. I use the franchise. And so you, you're kind of living proof yeah so you know that that was what was so unique about our my my position with corporate was is that i wasn't only able to say that i've done it i'm able to say i've done this more than once um and i and i know the good the bad and the ugly right like you get a salesman for some company whether i don't care any franchise they're not going to tell you the bad they're going to tell you the good right and and i know exactly what it's like wondering like uh, how am i going to pay this vendor fare and keep my electricity on you know um, I, I've lived that. And, um, I think that especially for our newer owners, um, now that we've gone on a more national basis and we're not, you know, solely focused on like the South anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard for these new owners to like, to understand what life is going to look like for them. And I love being able to sit down across the dinner table from some guy who thinks he's going to be a millionaire in a year <laughs> and to be able to help redirect him a little bit. And then also sit, sit down with the guy that's been at it for six months and just feels completely defeated. And, and I and know with every ounce of my fiber exactly mentally where he is. And then to be able to sit across and say, you know, so-and-so, I'm right there with you. I like, I have said that I have thought that, let me tell you what's going to happen next. Um, because I've done it, tw- I've done it twice, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and for me, man, I, I took this job because it's, it's essentially making people better and it's helping people see their potential. And, um, and that's what I get to do every single day. Um, and, and be genuine and real about it because it's, I'm not telling the house call story. I'm telling the Brandon and Jamie Paternoster story. Yeah. That's human. That's connect human connection. Yeah. Yep. Just getting to know you and Jamie a little bit. It's like, you're such an asset to house call because just even you, the way you just explained that just feels so real and down to earth and makes people feel like they have someone on their team that has their back. Yeah. Um, whereas the average one man shop, it's like, it's an isolating world. <laughs> it's an isolating yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I have to be honest, like that's why we bought a franchise. Um, you know, Jamie had come out of the system. We, we were, we were the first one to like leave the South when we bought South Bend. There wasn't anything else up there. And you know, it was funny because people are like, why, like you already knew how to do this. Why did you buy a franchise? Mm-hmm. And I was like, so that they would stop me from doing stupid things. <laughs> like literally people I ask me, why did you buy a franchise? Because they would stop me from doing stupid things. Inspectors do stupid things. I didn't know well, that. you know, I, I, I mean, I go to other businesses <laughs> where like somebody's like, Hey, you should do this. And I'm like, Oh, Will you use me if I do that? Yeah. Okay. Let me revamp my entire mission statement because I you're going to give me business once. 
I say that completely in jest because every single day we get asked, Hey, should I be doing this? Should I be doing this? What, what do you think of this? And because they're just yeah. looking to bounce ideas and there's really no one from the bounce ideas off sometimes. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Um, yeah. So talk to me a little just about franchises in general, because for our listeners, um, I'm guessing the majority are single man shop, multi-inspector firms kind of self-owned. Um, talk to of me course. about just the state of franchises in general, because I even myself don't have a good grasp on the history of franchises, where they're, where they are now and kind of where they're going in terms of prominence and visibility. Um, kind of how do you see it from your perspective? You know, so I, I've always wanted to be a business owner and it wasn't until I bought a franchise that I realized that what the vision I had of a franchise was so much different than what than what it actually is. So, you know, I always said I was going to buy a franchise of some shape, like of, of some kind, like whether a restaurant or whatever, because I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. Like there was a system that worked and I just wanted to be a part of that system. And, um, you know, I kind of had this like fairy tale experience <laughs> with, of, of what I thought a franchise meant. Um, and what I've learned is a franchise and I, and I tell guys this all the time, a franchise is a marriage. Um, and you have to be all in. If you're not all in, you know, neither party is going to be happy. And I think that like, you know, you, you have some people that are very anti-franchising and I run into them all the time, especially in this industry, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I think it's because people go into it with this like fairy tale. Life's going to be perfect if I buy a franchise and they're going to take care of all the stuff that I don't want to do. And they're not going to make me do anything I don't want to do. And unfortunately that's just not the case. Um, so what I always tell people, the thing that I've learned about franchising, like I had someone, a friend of mine was looking into a home healthcare franchising uh, opportunity and he reached out to me and I said, at the end of the day, you need to know who the people in charge making the decisions are. And if you can spend time with them in a room and you can look at them like a marriage and, and feel like you guys are going to make each other better, then that's the company you go with. If, if you feel like, you know, you, if it's anything other than like, I don't even want to be in the same room as this guy, then that's probably not the company you go through. And not that like, you know, like house call, we allow our franchises to make their own decisions. Like we're not, we're not involved in the day-to-day -day business aspects very much. Um, but again, like you have to talk to me on a regular basis. And if you don't like the sound of my voice, that could affect your <laughs> wanting to talk to me. Um, so, you know, I think that that's, I mean, I hope that analogy makes sense to some people in a positive way because I genuinely view it as a positive light. Like, I, I have a great marriage with my wife. We work together full-time. We, we raise kids together full-time. And I have a good marriage. And I also have a good business because I married the right franchise. Yeah. And that's, that's my analogy. I hope it works. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great way to put it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's something that, obviously, an investment that should not be taken lightly. Um, are you seeing... <clears throat> an increase or a openness now compared to say five years ago or 10 years ago to franchising or is it about the same because of the type of um, X kind of contractor that tends to get into home inspections? Um, I know so I can say, question. no, no, it, it's actually, um, I have a, a pretty simple answer, uh, which is, which is impressive for me. Um, we have actually seen a huge increase in the last five years in interest and um, I think that the home inspection industry is young on the grand scheme of things. There aren't very many heavy hitters in the game. I mean, we have a handful, but you know, it's not, um, 
you know, it's not saturated yet. Yeah. And I think that more and more we have people with really, really good ability that don't know how to do it. And they reach out to us to figure out how to do it. I love it. Simple. I think that's, yeah. I mean, that's the answer I expected just because of, like you said, the, when you look at the history of home inspections, I've, you know, I've obviously read up on this when we got in the industry, it's, we're babies still, it's still evolving. And not to mention it's already somewhat behind other industries in terms of evolving uh, business practices, marketing, technology. Um, so yeah, I fully believe that there's guys that technically are more than sound. It's just, okay, teach me how to run a business, teach me how to build a business. And there's huge. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and that, that's really, that's really the gist of it. And, um, you know, I, I think that, that people, I think that this is just such an untapped market and, you know, we have the ability being young in this industry to really define what it looks like. And, um, you know, we've, we've, House Club's been in existence since the early 2000s. Uh, we've learned a few things. You know, we've, we've learned a lot of what not to do. And, you know, um, I, I tell my guys all the time, like, you know, you save so much money by not, by calling me first. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Here, no, here's why you don't do that. And here's somebody that did. And here's why it didn't work. And then they're like, oh, thank God. I was totally right, prepared to write that track. So, <laughs> You've, you've kind of answered this a little bit, but I want to dive in a little deeper to just how you, you guys do compete with your value propositions to the, the one man shop that, and maybe this isn't even your market, the guys that think they can do it on their own when they don't have any background, they don't have maybe the know-how. Um, but mm -hmm. how do you speak to a, a new guy that says like, well, I can Google and research what I need to do. Like, why would I need to yep. Right. So, you know, it's funny, we actually changed um, within the last year or so um, who, we, who we target to sell franchises to. Mm -hmm. um, we, we used to just target anyone that ever thought about maybe doing a business. And now we actually target to, to people that are already licensed. Um, and the reason for that is because we feel like we have an opportunity to say, hey, we've had success. We know how difficult it is. If you're interested in having a conversation about, about that, we're here. And we've actually been pretty successful at having that conversation and pulling guys that were licensed already into the system. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, is our model perfect for everybody? Absolutely not. We're actually going against, I'm a firm believer in some of the, uh, going against the grain of a lot of where this industry is kind of leaning towards. Um, and, you know, we're not going to be for everybody at the end of the day. I mean, you know, we're just not going to be your cup of tea. And, and we know that I think that, you know, it's a fool's errand to think that your model will fit everybody and everyone will be a good fit for you. And that's part of our selection process. We we've had to make sure that we're interviewing potential franchisees to make sure that they're going to fit our model. It's got to work on both ends. Um, you know, we've never had anyone leave the system. We've had people when we first started franchising, we had a guy leave and then um, within a year he came back to the system and he was already a licensed developed home inspector. You know, he was like, Oh, I don't need house calls name. I've used it long enough. And he was gone for a year and he came back. So um, we've just been able to figure out how to communicate to that guy that's already licensed to the guy that's already exhausted his last piece of sanity and helping him realize that this is an achievable dream. And um, you know, hopefully we'll be a good fit and, and we can help you get there. Yeah. And I mean, the, 
I guess the informal or unpublished um, failure rate of new inspectors, um, you know, whether you want to, it's I've heard anywhere from 20% to 40%, um, that alone, that experience mm-hmm. and anecdotal kind of stat could, should tell guys like, yeah, there's a good, there's a yeah. good chance you won't make it on your own. <laughs> there's a really good chance. I mean, even just, if you just look at general business, like, you know, between 80 and 90% of business tip of, of a standard business, right. um, you know, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm intrusive, you know, you, you join my team and I'm going to make you read a book called the profit first so that you learn how to manage your money. Because <laughs> yep. one of the biggest reasons businesses fail is because, you know, and I'm, I was guilty of this. We almost went under once because I started making money and I thought I had it. Um, yeah. I learned the hard way I did it. <laughs> so, you know, um, again, I, I'm, I'm hitting you from every single level. I'm not going to tell you. Oh, you cut out there for a second. I'm going to, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I said, I'm not going to tell you um, just how to market or what software to use. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to help you with your, your business. Right. And I think that I've, I've met a lot of really good home inspectors that are terrible business owners. And if we could just be honest with ourselves, I'm sure a lot of people would say, yeah, he may have a point there. Yeah, exactly. And from our vantage point, I mean, obviously we, we deal with thousands of inspectors. We, see the same thing where some are very real with themselves and understand what they need to outsource. And some, um, are still holding on thinking, gosh, if I just keep grinding it out and kind of being doing all these different things, very average that I'll make it. And I, you know, it's gosh, the, the value in consulting, uh, based on your guys's experience, it's huge because you have the experience. Yeah. 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 And, and, and that's what we're able to do. Um, and, and I think that may make us a little, a little bit unique because we are a home inspection company. We're not a company that sells franchises. Even our sales, our sales force is one of our home inspectors, one of our owners. Um, you know, we, we are legitimately a home inspection company. And, um, and that's what I love about us from a corporate standpoint. You know, we're, we're a home inspection company. You know, and I think there's a benefit to that because it, it's the legitimacy, right? Because there's all kinds of franchise uh, kind of companies and owners that, just want to sell you to get a piece of the money going forward. And they're not really living the industry. Um, right. As we know in our industry, you, you can't fake it. you got to live and breathe it. And that's kind of what yeah, we absolutely. Absolutely. Well. Um, yep. Speaking of, of guys thinking they can do it on their own, is there any specific, um, you mentioned managing money, uh, but are there any other things that jump out as like, gosh, the, the one man shop or the new inspector just doesn't do this well. And this is how we can help them. You know, I, I think that at the end of the day, it, it, it always some way goes back to marketing. Um, mm-hmm. We have a really, really good marketing system um, that's rolled out in several stages after you sign uh, the documents to become, a, you know, officially become house call. And that's where we, um, not that there's a big giant secret in home inspection, but I, I think that we've catered it Um a little bit more than most most will or most have and we've been able to capitalize that on that and then on top of it we have so much corporate support it's from an ownership side it's ridiculous so the corporate is constantly doing corporate sponsored marketing events um and you know we're we're picking yeah i mean we just threw a party um in new orleans i think was it last week or two weeks ago 
Ke- Keller Williams had their big family reunion down in New Orleans. So we got a we got a um, a restaurant right across the street from the from the um, uh, the conference center, and in corporate planned and organized a big party. And um, we had Keller Williams in every single one of our territories except for one. And you know all the owners were co- were able to, to come. And corporate did all the late work. You had to show up with two with two gift cards. And, um, <laughs> You know, and, and, you know, as, as an owner, I don't mind writing the check when I need to write the check, but to not have to plan it. Oh man, that's amazing. We had almost 300 people come through that party. Um, and the conversations were started, you know, agents that, you know, had visited, you know, I don't know, wherever, you know, there was people from Nashville and I had some of my agents from Detroit that were like, Oh, you're from Nashville. We love Nashville. You know, like just conversations were started. Friendships were made. Um, all because of a corporate structure. Um, and like, how do you, you know, how do you yeah. deal with that? And how many inspectors can't even plan a dinner with their wife, let alone an event for 300 agents, right? Right, like, right. It's, it's not easy. Right. I've tried to plan right. stuff for Spectora and gosh, like it's hurting cats. So I can see the value in that for sure. Um, yeah. Because when you're running and gunning and doing inspections and sending out emails and trying to put together newsletters it's like planning a physical event just it always gets the back burner truthfully uh, right yeah yep so um so i again like to answer the question you know marketing is our biggest thing but we we provide every piece of, of the puzzle that you'll have um and and corporate will be in as involved as much as you want them to be without stripping away any of your freedoms yeah and as a marketer by trade i i truly understand how and why marketing is so damn difficult just to fight the urge of like, Hey, I'm a home inspector. I'm here. Give me business. And that's the, that's the angle 90% take as opposed to, Hey, here's some value. Hey, here's something I'm doing selflessly or seemingly selflessly. Here's something I'm doing first. And if it's out of your hands, then it's like you take out the emotion of it. And so I, I just think when people outsource this stuff, it's smart. Like I don't care who you outsource it to, but outsource it to people that aren't as emotionally invested as you, because I think the average human can't fight the urge to say like, Hey, refer me, refer me. I'm here. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. And, and uh, you know, I think the other end of it is I think, I think how you launch is, is big. And mm-hmm. I've, I've done several launches that aren't my territory, which are always way more fun. Like no one wants to launch their own territory. It's stressful. You got too much skin in the game. I love launching other people's territories. Cause like, you know, I get to, I just go, I just get to go have fun for three days. You know, I get to go talk to people, and you know, it's funny because the franchisee, brand new in the game, you know, terrified the whole time. And, <laughs> and I remember, you know, walking into that office terrified the whole time. Um, and it's always been great to have somebody from corporate there that that's done this a million times. So now, like, I walk into my offices now, I'm like high fiving everybody, and you know. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it just, it's helped, you know, I'm fortunate because of my role, but you know, that's one of the things I love about us is, um, you know, right now we're still at the size where we can go and we can launch everybody. I hope that that can continue forever. You know, I, what's going to be feasible and what isn't, but you know, we always say we're a family. Um, you know, when you sign, when you develop interest in our company, you start going through our steps, you know, we use the term welcome to the family and uh, I have a group me. I don't know why I have it. it. It goes off constantly. If you guys hear any feedback uh, during this podcast, it's my group me going off because we have one for all the owners and we have one for all of, all of the employees. There's, you know, 50 people constantly on group me, 
you know, asking questions, you know, what is this? And, you know, people are just constantly responding. Um, and we've just created that family environment. I walk into a room full of owners and I get hugs and high fives and I know everyone's spouse's name. And, you know, like we're just, we're just a tight knit family. And it's funny because we've doubled in size in, in about 18 months and we haven't lost any of that family feeling. You know, we just have, we just have more brothers and sisters and it's, um, it's just really cool to see. Wow. That, that's cool. And that's appealing when you're talking about a new inspector that's going out there and braving the world. It's like, gosh, having that community and support system. Um, I hope you guys launch, I hope you guys launch or have someone buys Denver, then we can help with the event. We can pitch in. It'll be fun. It'll be a good time. Hey, that'd be awesome. Man, yeah. I would love to sell Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how do you guys, um, or do you even think about competing with other franchises or is it so fragmented and different that it's just like, Hey, you talk to who you talk to, you really don't have to kind of compete or think about what anyone else is doing. So I think when it comes to like looking at other franchise ors, we kind of just look at and see like what they did to get to where they are. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're new to developing the sales team. It's just always been our owner out there. And um, so we're trying to figure out systems that are good. So we're looking at them, you know, of course you got to see what they're doing, what they're up to. Um, but we don't pay a whole lot of mind to what the competition is doing. Um, I think that, you know, amongst the, the corporate level of us, we believe in our, in our product. And if we're not able to explain that we believe in the product that we have, then we probably just should be doing something else. Right. And um, so, you know, I, I'm sure this is probably like most people's candid answer. And some people are probably going to be like, of course you're going to say that, but it, it's real. Like, I, I mean, we don't spend a whole lot of time focusing on what other people are doing because it's not really going to change who we are. Right. So let's just go tell people who we are. And if they're like us, they're going to, they're going to want to be a part of it. Yeah. I know and that's really cheesy. I know that's no, really it, cheesy. But you know, it's, it's not there. I, I, I teased out a common thread there of like, you know, cause we've answered that same question a lot and people that tend to innovate and trailblaze a little more than others tend to not be always looking over their shoulder because they're too busy executing and doing kind of the blocking and tackling for lack of a better metaphor. But, yeah. um, and that's a little what I see in you guys of like, Hey, you're innovating, you're, you're improving things, you're growing. It's like, why worry about what the others are doing, whether they're bigger or smaller or mm -hmm. where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I've learned to never like talk bad about my competition, um, you know, in any way, shape or form. But I will say that I see us as, as what the future of, of what I think the future model of the home inspection industry should look like. Um, and just because you're bigger than us or you've been around longer than, than us. Um, I have a lot to learn from you. Um, but I feel like I've been able to take what I've learned and built upon it where maybe you're still focused on where you are. Um, so, you know, I kind of think that we're going to be the future and I hope that we are right. I mean, that's why we, that's why yeah, we do this. That's why we're here. Yeah. I, I am confident that no one is offering the support that we're offering. And I think at the end of the day, um, that's, that's in our DNA is, is we are offering support and we are making sure our guys are successful um, because without their success, we're not successful. And, you know, I could sell 2000 franchises a year, but if 1500 of them leave the system, doesn't I've not mean. only wasted time and energy, but I've wasted money. Um, and I mean, it's just not good business. So, you know, Absolutely. So that he runs the race and, and, and we're going to hammer out and we're going to, we're going to be us and, um, and hope that, 
you like what you see. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it's just modern day business models of collaboration and not maybe like the, and I don't even know what the old traditional model of franchising is, but like, I tend to believe most people don't want to kind of be ruled with the thumb of just like, you do this because it works. We're not, we don't care what mm-hmm. you have to say about it because I don't think yeah. anyone likes to be managed or in partnership in that way. Right. Well, and that's, <clears throat> excuse me, when I sold my, fr- my South Bend territory, I sold to a competitor and he, mm-hmm. and he became house call. And that was like his biggest hang up was, you know, I don't want someone in here telling me how to run my business. And with full confidence, I was able to say, Z, this is what's going to be offered to you. None of it is mandatory. You take what you want, you do what you want. Um, and, you know, and, and I think it's been a great We may think it's a home, a home run idea, and then we, we tell everyone about it, and we realize like 15 different reasons why it wasn't a home run idea. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're not going to say anyone has to do anything, um, but yeah. we're going to make sure that we are in a position of always trying to be better than we were last month. And um, we make that very clear. Yeah. I love it. Um, one, one final kind of big question about the industry. I want to be respectful of your time here. Um, just in general with trends in the industry. So like franchising aside, just home inspectors, inspecting homes, agents, referring home inspectors. Are you seeing any yeah. other trends kind of on the horizon when you say like, when you talk about the future of the industry, is there anything that jumps yeah. out in your mind of where we're going? Um, I, I, I hear a lot of things. Um, you know, some, some I put more weight in than others. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the realtor. Um, I don't see the realtor going anywhere anytime soon. Um, right. You know, that's been kind of ingrained in, in my brain. Um, everything I point to just says, you know, the realtors are, are the real realtors are here to stay because they provide a service. Um, not just to let somebody in and out of a house. I hate when people say that, but I, I don't know about you, um, but I've bought and sold homes before. And I have had, you know, the last, I, when I sold my house in South Bend, an hour before closing, that deal was not happening. And my realtor jumped in, made that deal close that day. And I would have never been able to do that on my own. So I don't think realtors are going anywhere. Um, you know, I know that's a big topic in the industry right now. Um, we are really um, starting now to experiment, experiment with more of the online um, presence, you know, uh, the five-star ratings. Uh, you know, I know Jamie uh, reached out last week about maybe taking over our website uh, locally mm-hmm. here and doing some SEO stuff. Um, we are now doing some social media uh, marketing and things like that. So we're still new in the game. I've seen some research that makes me think this is probably doable. Um, and, you know, I think we're starting to open ourselves up to a little bit more outside of the, the realtor box. Um, but I love my realtors and, and I pray to God every day that they, uh, they get stronger as time goes on, not weaker. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's such a longstanding um, kind of mega force for like, you know, it's, uh, it's like the lobby is, is so strong and NAR and um, you know, with like the, the open doors and the home lights of the world, Redfin yeah. to kind of replace that process. Gosh, it just seems like they're fighting against a lot of history and a lot of um, a big network of realtors. And so, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, and I think there's areas where those can work. You know, I definitely think that there's areas that those can work. And I think that you need to consider all options. I just think that, you know, if you have a marketing budget, everyone gets a piece of the pie. And, you know, where are you going to spend the bigger piece? Right. 
Right. You know. Oh yeah. That, I mean, that could be a whole nother topic on its own of just like, uh, yeah, I could, I, I'm really being like really, really have held back. And when I see you in Nashville in a couple of weeks, uh, I'll give you my real, my real version. <laughs> <laughs> right. yep. yep. But no, I could spend, I could spend three days on this topic and still have new material. Yep. I love it. Um, well, yeah. Final question for you. What, um, you know, you have a wealth of experience. So I think this is like very, uh, you know, very happy and thankful you've been able to share some of it. What advice would you give, whether it's a, a single home inspector or someone that is a house call franchise? Do you have any advice that you would just in general give to a home inspector that was asking you? Very broad. Very broad. Um, I would have, gosh, you know, I, I, so many people reach out to me and ask me, you know, Hey, we're thinking about being a home inspector. What, you know, can you help? What do you think? And, um, I feel like I tell something, I tell them something different every single time. <laughs> um, I think that the one thing that I would have to say is, and this is just true in any business, you have to be true to yourself and you have to be true to your brand. And in this industry, there's so many flashy things that, add a service or get you to add something and if it's not in your dna if it's not who you set out to be then you need to say no um you cut out I've for a second there did you say oh, there's so many flashing lights or squirrels to change yeah there's the, yep. yeah there's there's so many like big flashing lights that pop up in your face and services that people want you to add and things that people want you to do and join this group and join that group and add this service and and and, and i would just say no like when you start this company what home inspection company do you want to be? What is the thing that you want to do? Why? What is your why? Check out the book by uh, Simon Sinek, uh, The Power of Why. Know what your why is. And then as all these new ideas come in, and, and you know, when this agent tells you you should add this service, go back to your why. And if, it, if that service or if that idea fits into your why, then, then do it a thousand percent. But if it doesn't, cut it off immediately. Um, I've seen a lot of good home inspectors get caught up in stuff that just changed the identity of who they were and it never works. So offer the services that you, that answer your why don't offer the services that don't, don't join the things that, you know what I mean? Like just focus on your why and don't deviate from it no matter how flashy the, it's packaged. Oh, I love that. I mean, that's good. Just like you said, just good sound business advice and life advice. I think if we yeah. want to stretch it to say, why are you Absolutely. doing everything that you're doing day in and day out? Yeah. Uh, yep. Well, very good. That, that I'll link to the book in the description. Um, I'll link to obviously kind of places where people can reach you. Um, awesome. The house call website um, and email probably the best. Yep, definitely. All right. Sounds good. I'll link to it and we'll do the social media thing. Uh, but thank you awesome. so much, Brandon. I, I, no, thank this, you. This was as fun as I imagined it would be just, you know, when we banter um, online otherwise. So I appreciate <laughs> it. Tell Jamie, thank you. Will do. And, and uh, uh, thank you guys, man. Uh, if you, uh, if you're not on the Spectora bandwagon yet, I don't know what you're doing. Get on it. <laughs> we appreciate that, man. <laughs> Trying to improve. You guys have been instrumental in that. So we we're, we're excited, uh, you know, to work with you guys and shoot. It'll be a short month before uh, we get to actually yeah. shake, shake hands and uh, chop I'm it up. looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. All right. Well, Brandon, thanks a ton. All right, sir. We'll be talking to you soon. Sounds good. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.